Hello, my wonderful podcast audience. How are you doing? This is your friend Joseph Helen. I'm teaching on the topic called Lose Your Donkey. Why do we talk about losing of the donkey? It's Monday today, and on Mondays I teach on wisdom for finances. So remember, God has called my wife and I and my family to minister to the body of Christ in four very specific areas. Number one is the revelation of the Word of God. The revelation of the Word of God, that's my apostolic calling. That's why I like to teach the revealed Word of God. And of course, in the apostolic calling, we have to operate in the supernatural, signs and wonders, healings, miracles, prophecy and the like. So that's number one. Number two is worship. Worshiping Jesus, especially new songs. And teaching the body of Christ to worship. And of course, doing the worship itself. So, because my musician, God has anointed me with that grace. And then, number three is family. Anything to do with marriage, relationships, raising of children, living together in harmony. And that's why I'm called the Apostle of Love. Family, relationships, marriage, and the like. And then number four is finances, money, causing the body of Christ to be restored to it or her prosperous self because as it is now the church is not as prosperous as the bible says she should be and by use of the holy scriptures we teach on how children of god can be successful prosperous in every single thing that they do okay so in this particular broadcast and podcast i'll be talking about losing of your donkey it's raining where i am and that's a beautiful thing so for all of you in the prophetic you'll appreciate that that's a sign that god's blessings are coming down and the word of god is revealed and released it's not just a precipitation of uh, tropical rains it is also a precipitation of god's word distilling as the dew because the Bible says God's word shall not return void, it shall accomplish the purpose for which he sent it. And when the rain falls like this, we know that every word that we speak over you shall accomplish every purpose for which God sent it. Let me greet my wonderful people who are online. And then I carry on with the word of God. Daisy Quinka, God bless you, love you very much. My beautiful child, Miss Gub, says, Daddy, I love you, my beautiful baby. You make me so happy. Um, Apostle Matthew Kenyon says, Good evening, Papa. I'm watching from Nigeria. We love you. Thank you so much. You're blessed in Jesus' name. I love you so very much. Franz Grape is online too. He says, Good evening, Apostle. Blessed evening indeed. I love you. I know some of you are watching from other countries where it could be morning or midday. Whatever time of day. Love you. Love you. Love you. Nelly David is online too. Love you very much. Those of you who will be listening to the podcast, the reason I'm calling these names is because I'm on Facebook. Internet has been a bit shaky where we are, so we're not able to broadcast on YouTube yet. But I will upload this message to YouTube as soon as I'm done. Evening says evening on board for new week that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. God is good. I thank God for having been faithful to my life and the gift of life that He grants to us. I will not take it for granted. From Riyadh to Udin. God bless you, my dear. Online church service. That's right. Love you so very much, my dear Evelyn. 
Okay, lose your donkey. Why donkey? I taught you last time about the prophetic meaning of a donkey. What is the prophetic meaning of a donkey? First, if you want to know the prophetic meaning of any creature, just observe them naturally. Look at their natural ways. Now, there's a scripture that I like reading consistently, and this is the book of Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1 and verse 20. I like reading this scripture because most children of God do not appreciate that God's way of communicating is so simple and so close to you. Most Christians don't know that. That God will speak to you, for example, it's raining where I am. That's God's voice to me. He's telling me, I've answered your prayers. He's telling me, my word is not returning void. Every promises that I gave you are coming to pass. And he's telling me there's prosperity and success. Because when it rains, there's food on the earth, on the face of the earth. Even animals and insects become happy when it rains. Do you see? But at the same time, rains can cause a flood. To that extent, you get to appreciate that the same flood that saved Noah and his family is the same flood that destroyed the giants. So the falling of the rain could also mean the destruction of the forces of darkness that are contrary to you and that are against you. So Romans 1 verse 20 says, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been understood and observed by what he made so that people are without excuse. The God's eternal power and his divine nature have been understood. His power and his divine nature have been understood and observed by what he made. In other words, by the things he created. So that people are without excuse. The Bible says no one can say that I didn't know. Because by simply observing the things God has created, his divine nature, his power and his attributes are revealed. For example, as it rains, God's voice is heard because the voice of God is as the sound of many waters and rain is many waters. So Jesus is speaking right now through nature. So what do you do? You interpret the sound that you hear based on scripture. I can see Irene Kaburu is online. She says she's watching today from Nairobi, Kenya. I love you so very much, my dear. Irene paid us a courtesy call. She came to visit us today. So my wife and I were so thrilled to have her with us. And she brought us gifts from Switzerland. I'm telling you, she brought gifts to my children, to my wife and to myself. And we are all so happy. We were just unwrapping the gifts, enjoying early Christmas because of the love of Irene Kapoor. Love you so very much, my dear. Thank you so much. And I look forward to seeing you again before you fly back to Switzerland. Glory to Jesus. I'm just so grateful to God for my family, those who care for us and those who love us across the nations of the world, and those who receive this beautiful word that God has revealed to us. Now, let me read this scripture for you in easy English. In easy English, it says, Even since God made the world, he has been showing people clearly about himself. We cannot see God, but the things that he has made show us what he is like. The things he has made show us what he is like. They show us that he will always be completely powerful. And they show us that only he is God. So nobody can say, we never knew about God. 
You see that? So when it rains, you got to interpret it correctly. When the wind blows, interpret it correctly. When you look at plants and trees, even blades of grass, interpret them correctly. Yeah, whatever you look at, it's the voice of God. Whatever you're going through is the voice of God. Even some of the difficulties you've been through, God speaks through everything. All you need to do is listen to him. Okay. So a donkey, the title of this message is Lose Your Donkey. As in, unleash your donkey. Unleash your donkey. Lose your donkey. Why do I say that? So I'm going to take you to the book of Mark 11 and verse 2. Mark 11 verse 2. Lose your donkey. And the Bible says... Can I take it from verse 1? And when they came nigh to Jerusalem unto Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, he sent forth two of his disciples. Now, let me explain verse 1. You got to understand how scriptures are interpreted. Let me explain verse 1. And when they came nigh to Jerusalem. Now, you see, everything that happens in the life of a child of God is prophecy. It's the voice of God. So they came close to Jerusalem. What is the meaning of Jerusalem? Yeah? Jerusalem means teachings of peace or double peace. Double peace. Peace times two. Set ye double peace. Yeah? Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Okay? Teachings of peace or double peace. Okay? Jerusalem is the original word. We'll get Jerusalem. Yerushalayim means teaching of peace. So when they got close to teachings of peace, just like you, we are now hearing the teachings of peace. Because when you hear this word, peace fills your heart. So when they got close to teachings of peace, and they went to a place called Bethphage. Now Bethphage is house of unripe figs. Bethphage. There was something strange about Bethphage. Beth is really a house. Uh, Bethlehem, you know. House of grace, house of God, Bethlehem. Now, Bethphage um, is house of unripe figs. You'll hear that, very significant. What do figs stand for? What do they stand for? What do figs stand for in the Bible? Any fruitful tree stands for prosperity in the Bible. And if the fruit is ripe, it means that your prosperity is very close. If you see that in a dream, or if you see it naturally, if you look somewhere and you see ripe fruits, even if you're just driving or walking and you see, let's say, a grocery store, and the fruits are looking so beautiful in their shelves, God is telling you, I'm prospering you. you got to people hear God's voice. He talks in very simple ways. Don't just say, oh, but that's automatic. Of course, if you go to a grocery store, you'll find vegetables and fruits and all that. The reason you went there at that particular time is because the Lord wanted to teach you that message at that particular time. And he wanted to tell you that you are prosperous, rich, and successful. And you need to believe that. Having believed it, you need to say it. Having said it, you need to act on it. Now, I've taught you very many times that the way, the best way to get things from the Word of God is first to hear the Word. When you hear the Word and you believe it, whatever you've heard becomes legally yours. When you speak forth that which you have believed, 
that thing becomes vitally yours. Okay? It becomes alive like the electric switch has been switched on. And if you act on it, it becomes materially yours. Okay? Realistically yours. Materially yours. Tangibly yours. Possessively yours. So you hear it and believe it, that thing is yours. If you hear the word of God that says he's a healer, the healing is already given to you just by hearing. And if you believe it, it becomes your legal right. So you're healed legally. That means the devil has no right to put sickness or any form of infirmity or malady in your body. You are legally healed. But legal healing is not going to help you. It needs to be vital. So you have to say, I am healed in Jesus' name. But that still won't help you. It needs to be tangible, physical. You need to feel it physically in your body so you get out of bed and start walking, start doing those things you couldn't do before. On Saturday, we had a great, great miracle. One lady, a friend of our, a dear family member of ours called Terry Lynn, her friend had fallen. She had chose riding a bicycle and a car knocked her down as she was riding a bicycle and her clavicle got broken this collarbone here on the left side got broken was it left yes on the left side it was broken and she tore the tendons of her left knee so the left knee couldn't bend and she was meant to go for an operation but before the operation Terry Lean sent her a teaching that I made on Saturday. I was talking about destroying death and I was so tough on that day. I was so, so tough because I was dealing with spirits that kill people and I was destroying them. And this lady listened to the message from beginning to the end and after that, the bone set miraculously by the power of the Holy Spirit and her knees became loose and she sent me a video jumping and praising God and lifting her hands and dancing and marching up and down and just giving God praise. She says, people, this thing is real. This thing is real. She kept saying that. It's just that I don't like to expose people's identity because we're dealing with different nations of the world and not everybody wants to be in the public eye. Um, I wish I could, but I will not identify who the person is. But I'm telling you that Saturday, the message that I preached on Saturday was a message that transformed lives all over the world and people got healed and bones were fixed. I'm telling you, God healed people all over the place. So, you see what the lady did is that she heard the message and believed it. And she had been hearing God's word for a long time. So that particular day was not really the day of healing. That was the day of the harvest of the healing. Because the healing started as soon as she started seeking God. As soon as she started praying and seeking God and watching videos, see, she didn't say, oh, I'm too busy. I can't watch such a long video, a whole hour. Who's going who's gonna to watch a video that's one whole hour long and stuff like that? She watched the whole thing. That means she was hungry for the things of God. So all that culminated to her healing. So the message merely became a harvesting point of the healing. But very many ministers and very many messages contributed to that healing. That's how miracles occur. You hear the word of God for a given period of time and a day of reckoning comes when you harvest this thing that you have been tilling for a long time. Glory to Jesus. What a powerful testimony that was. Every time I look at the video, I just cry. It's so powerful. You should see the woman jumping and saying, 
it's real, people, it's real. This thing is real. Because her bones were broken and suddenly they're not broken anymore. So she doesn't have to go for the operation to help set the collarbone, the clavicle. God is wonderful, isn't he? Okay, so Jesus, the Bible says when the, the, um, they moved close to Jerusalem and they went to Bethphage, and Bethphage is a place that means house of unripe figs. What's, what are unripe figs? Unripe figs simply means that your blessing is there, but it's premature. It needs to be matured. How do fruits ripen? Fruits ripen when subjected to the rays of the sun or the warmth. They need heat for them to ripen. Now, the sun is representative of Jesus himself and his word. And that's what the Bible says in Malachi, that unto you who fear my name shall the sun of righteousness rise with healing in his wings. The morning star, the sun is like the morning star. So the sun, the word of God, will ripen the fruit that is appearing green in your life. I'm looking at you prophetically and I'm seeing so many of you who are just about to make it, but things are still green. But I'm bringing the rays of the sun, of the word of God, into that situation to cause it to come to fruition quickly, speedily. I enhance the process. We can cause things to happen quickly so that we don't have to wait for a very long period of time. So they came to the teachings of peace, but things were not ready yet. They were still green and ripe. That's Bethphage. And then they went to Bethany. Bethany is the house of dates. Now, what do dates stand for in the prophetic realm? Dates stand for misery in the prophetic realm because they are planted in the desert and they are eaten by people who operate in the desert where there is hardship. So it's like the, uh, the water of affliction. It's like the bread, the food of affliction, misery. So dates in the prophetic realm stand for suffering, hardship, difficulties, because the people who suffer in the desert eat them. They have so much sugar and fiber, and that helps sustain a person who is in the desert. And you know what a desert stands for in the word of God. Jesus went to the desert, into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. He was tempted of the devil. So the desert stands for temptation, temptation, trials, being tried hard. So dates stand for hardship. So Jesus, teachings of peace, Jesus goes to a place where things are still green. Salvation has not yet come because the grapes are unripe, uh, Bethphage. Then he comes to Bethany, which is a house of dates or house of misery. That's what it's called. So he's preparing for his vicarious death through crucifixion. Okay. And the Bible says, can you see how the Bible is so clear about God's intention. And the Bible says, and then they went to the Mount of Olives. Olives stands for anointing, the power of the Holy Spirit. And a mountain stands for elevation or a portal, a place where God's voice can be heard. Okay? And the Bible says he sends forth two of his disciples. He sends two of his disciples. Now, two in the prophetic realm stands for agreement. Anytime you see two, it stands for agreement. It also stands for witness, preaching, heralding, declaring the word of God. Two means it must come to pass. In the Bible, if something is repeated, the way Jesus used to say, verily, verily, or truly, truly, it simply means that thing he says must come to pass. It must happen. 
if you see things that repeat themselves, you see a red car as you're driving and another red car as you're driving, then there's something that must happen that God is speaking to you. If you see 77 or 777 three times, 222 three times, 111 is repeated numbers, things that are repeated, it's a sign that there are angels around you and whatever it is that you want done is going to be done. It's going to happen. So during such moments, you open your mouth and you say, in the mighty name of Jesus, I command the manifestation of the things that I desire right now. And they will automatically come your way. I can see uh, Mr. Fran says, man of God, may you give us simplified explanation of Hebrews 10 verse 16 to 17. Okay, let me just go there. Hebrews 10, 16, 17. I'll come back to Mark 11. Hebrews 10, 16 to 17, the Bible says, This is the covenant that I will make with them. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds will I write them. Now, verse 16 says, God, after saving you, when you get saved, the law will no longer be on a tablet, a law read for you. Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not covet, thou shalt not do what. But that law will become part and parcel of your spirit. It will be written in your heart so that if something goes wrong, you'll know it from your heart. You won't know it from a law. Your heart will tell you through your conscience. Conscience is that faculty in your spirit that enables you to know whether what you're doing is right or wrong, whether where you're going is the right place or not. It's called conscience. It's a faculty in your spirit. There's another one called intuition, the ability to just to know faith. There's another one called communion, the ability to fellowship or to connect with other spirits. Those are three aspects of your spirit as a human being. So God says, when Jesus dies on the cross and brings salvation to humanity, whoever gets saved will have the word written in their hearts so that from your heart you can speak forth the word of God. That was not the case in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, the word was read for them once in a while. And they were supposed to obey laws. But in the New Testament, in new creation, we don't obey the law. It's part and parcel of our system. I don't obey the, the, the rules of being male. I am male. I am male. Okay? Are you getting that? Now, and I'm an African. Yeah, I'm a Christian. I'm a child of God. There are things that I don't have to obey. There are things that I am. So... When the word of God is written in your heart, you become it. You and the word become one thing. But in the Old Testament, the word was apart, separate from them. That they had to obey it. It was about obedience. There was no relationship. There was no communion. There was no oneness. But if the word of God is in your heart, you become like that very word. So if the word of God says peace, you become peace. So the people around you start enjoying peace. If the word of God says healing, you become medicine. So people around you just get healed, even if you don't pray for them. Are you getting that? If the word of God says prospered, you become prosperity. So the things around you and everything you do prospers. Okay? So that's verse 16. And their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. Verse 17 means once you're saved, you're no longer a sinner. So anything that's wrong with you, the, the Bible says God will not remember. Now, if you do something wrong right now, God will not remember it. Because you're not a sinner, you're a saint. Why are you a saint? Because you're saved. 
You believe in Jesus Christ. Okay? Why do we believe in him? We believe in him because he's the savior of the world. He saves the world from sin. You know, some people think Jesus is so weak that his saving power is so weak that one little mistake you make and he gets upset with you and he gets also cross and so disturbed by your bad behavior. He saved you from that one too. On the cross, he saved the world from past, present and future sins. So anyone who has faith in him also has faith in his saving ability, his power to remove your sin, his power to take away your fault by a mere change of mind. The moment you change your mind and say, oh, I think I did something wrong. The law of God written in your heart has brought to your attention the fact that you did something wrong. As soon as you realize you did something wrong and you say, I don't want to act like this, Instantly, it's washed by the blood of Jesus because of your faith in his saving grace. What's it to save? Number one, to wash sin away and to give you eternal life. Eternal life cannot be given to a sinner. All right? Who is a sinner? A sinner is one who is not saved. So the fact that you sinned doesn't make you a sinner. But the fact that you are not saved makes you a sinner even if you don't sin. That's what perfection it's not what God is looking for. You being perfect is not what he's looking for. Because as long as you're not believing in Jesus Christ, you are a sinner. It doesn't matter how wonderful, how nice, how amazing you are. But if you believe in Jesus Christ, it doesn't matter how messed up you are. You cannot be called a sinner even if you sin. Why? Your faith in Christ Jesus automatically washes you from anything that's negative, anything that's wrong. Anything that's contrary to the word of God. Because the word of God is written in your heart. I hope, Mr. Franz, you have understood the explanation. Hallelujah. Evelyn says, Amen. I accept it. I receive it. I believe it. Glory to God. My beautiful daughter says, I love you. I love you too, precious Miss Gub. Tiazo. She's a solid rock, isn't she? Franz says, Jesus is wonderful. Hallelujah. I can see man of God, Apostle, Prophet J.M. O'Melia saying, Good evening, Apostle. Tini from Malabo, Kenya. Blessings, man of God. I love you so much, man of God. You're amazing. And my precious son says, wonderful life is that love you. Love you so much, my amazing family. Michelle Walton says, blessed afternoon. God bless you. I believe from Guyana. You're blessed in Jesus' name. Our fellas, I love you so much. Michelle says, wonderful teaching. I love you, Michelle. Hallelujah. Okay, let's carry on with the word of God. I just have to recognize my people because I love you. You see, I have to mention your name because I love you. That's how you get to know the apostle of love loves you. Kamara Visual says amen. Yeah. Glory to God. Uh, Michelle says one, one, one. Yeah. One times three. One, three times. That's a sign there are angels around you and there are great things that God wants to do in your life. This is how you interpret the nature of God. Okay, now let's go to Mark. Remember, we were in Mark chapter 11. Now I'm going to read verse 2. So Mark chapter 11, verse 1 says, Jesus goes to teachings of peace. Jerusalem, teachings of peace. And then, Bethphage, house of unripe figs. That means things are about to happen, but not quite. Unripe figs will also stand for delay. Unripe fruits, any fruits that are not ripe. Now, look, if you see a fruit naturally, or in a vision, or in a dream, and the fruit is ripe, and you can reach it, you can hold it, it means your blessings have come. All right, whatever you're praying about, the answers come. Don't pray about it anymore now. Just thank God for it. 
If the fruits are ripe, but you can't reach them, it means you need a destiny helper. Somebody whose anointing is higher than yours to help you reach out to get that thing. If the fruit is not ripe, it's green, not ripe, it means there's delay in your life. The thing about God is this, his fruits are never green. In the spiritual realm, fruits are always ripe, okay? The process of ripening doesn't occur in the spiritual realm. That is a natural thing. So if you see a green fruit, it means there's some form of delay in your life and you can cancel that delay and command the enhancement of your desire or the hasty answer to your prayer or you just go to Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 12. God asked Jeremiah, what do you see? Jeremiah says, I see an almond tree that has budded. And God says, you've seen well because I will hasten to perform my work. I'm going to cause my work to happen quickly. All right. No more delay. That even before you call, I will answer. So if you see green things, cancel delay. And then there's the Bethany, which is house of misery or house of date. So all, all those other things Jesus would go through. Now verse 2 of Mark 11 says, And he said unto them, Go your way into the village of uh, against you. Go your way into the village of uh, against you. Go your way over into the village. Go your way into the village over against you. And as soon as you enter into that village, you shall find a cold tide. That's the young one of a donkey or the young one of a horse. You'll find a cold tide whereon never a man sat. Lose him and bring him. Now, the message is about lose your donkey. These are principles of financial success. You want to succeed, you have to lose something. A donkey is useful for transport. So a donkey stands for destiny. Because you can sit on a donkey and the donkey takes you to a particular place. Jesus was looking to sit on this particular donkey together, you know, followed by a colt. Because Jesus sat on the donkey and the young one of the donkey was following. So a donkey takes you to a particular place. Balaam sat on a donkey. You see, Abraham, all these great prophets, if you notice, they, they all rode donkeys. Ever notice that? Prophets always rode donkeys. It was their means of transport. That means it's a destiny. It's a sign of destiny. It takes you from point A to point B. A donkey is a sign that you're moving to the right direction. A donkey is a sign that God is taking you from where you are right now to your preferred destination or to your preferred location, the place you want to be. So if you see a donkey in a dream or in the physical realm, one of the things you need to appreciate is God is elevating you, moving you to a higher place. And you've got to appreciate as well that there is a destination, a location. It could be moving of a house, okay? Things like that. Or elevating yourself, upgrading your lifestyle and stuff like that. And I taught you about a donkey as a prophetic sign a few weeks ago, I think. And Jesus wants to ride on a donkey. He did not want to ride on a camel. He didn't want to ride on a horse. He wanted to ride a donkey because the donkey takes him to Jerusalem. 
to their teachings of peace. So when you look at a donkey, understand, I'm going to Jerusalem, teachings of peace. But you also have to understand that a donkey stands for stubbornness. I don't want to go into the details, I already taught this, this subject. A donkey stands for stubbornness. A donkey uh, also stands for prophetic direction. A donkey stands for prophetic memory, the ability to remember things prophetically or supernaturally. A donkey stands for prophetic sight because the donkey that was being ridden by Balaam saw an angel when Balaam wasn't seeing the angel, but the donkey could see the angel. That's one of the reasons donkeys rarely get lost. So a donkey also stands for truth because a donkey never gets lost. Getting lost is veering off from the truth. That's what sin is really, deviating from the principles of holiness and righteousness. So a donkey stands for truth, seeing the right place, never getting lost, sticking to the truth. Okay? A donkey stands for tenacity, stickability, okay? Never giving up. You see how powerful that is. So this is the donkey Jesus is looking for. Now, ladies and gentlemen, because I'm teaching about finances and financial success, if you want to succeed in life, there is something in your life you need to lose. But losing, I mean unleash. I'm not saying lose it so that it's, it leaves you, no. I'm saying there are things that are tied. This donkey was tied. The, the colt and the donkey and the mother, they were tied. They were not being used. And the Bible says nobody had ever ridden them. No one was riding these donkeys. They were idle. Now, ladies and gentlemen, you know how to cook. That's your donkey. But your cooking skills are idle and you're not able to make money out of cooking when KFC founder Colonel Sanders merely made fried chicken and he called them Kentucky Fried Chicken. He was 65 years old, having failed in everything. He failed as the guy who was stoking fire on a, uh, a railway. You know those days they used to have these steam engines, so you, you had to put coal. His work was to pour in coal and to stoke it so that it causes the steam to cause the engine to to move, the valves of the engine to move. Now, this guy failed there. He tried farming, he failed. He tried being a, 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 pet, a petrol station attendant, gas station attendant. He failed there, the fire burnt half of his work there. And he tried being a lawyer, he was too hot-tempered. He beat up uh, his client right in front of the judge and they kicked him out of the legal practice. He was disbarred. This guy looked like a failure an angry man. At 65, he realized, all my life, I've always known how to fry chicken. But you see, in the world today, people want to succeed in hard things. You see, if somebody knows how to talk, they think, that's too easy for me. Let me do something much harder. But you see, you got to do what you're graced in. So Colonel Sanders was graced in frying chicken. So he decided to fry chicken and invite his friends home. And the friends would eat the chicken. They'd say, finger licking good. This thing is so good. How do you fry this thing? And he said, wait a minute. I could actually turn this into a business. So he began to sell the recipes of his chicken. He began to sell it. And the restaurants around Kentucky started loving that chicken. Because whenever people ate it, they would say, wow, this is a great chicken. And Colonel Sanders is the one who had the recipe. That was his donkey. The recipe was his donkey. The recipe was his donkey. Okay? 
the recipe for frying chicken. That was his donkey. The moment he lost that donkey, he unleashed that donkey, he started making money. After selling the recipe, he realized that those restaurants to whom he sold the recipe were making it. So he decided to start franchises. So he started selling a franchise. We know what a franchise is. For example, if you want to open a Kentucky Fried Chicken franchise, there's a certain amount of money you pay as goodwill. After paying that amount of money, then they, of course, will train your staff and all that and get you the right equipment. And after that, you begin the process of trading. And then at the end of every year, there's a certain amount of money you pay back to your headquarters. That's what a franchise is. It, it makes work much easier because you don't have to struggle to get a brand because the brand's already there. You don't have to struggle to get the goods already there. Equipment is already there. And you have a big name that can sell really quickly. You don't have to advertise too hard. That's why franchising is such a good thing. It's one excellent way of starting a business, being a franchisee or a franchise uh, from a franchise owner, of course. So KFC was Colonel Sanders' donkey. I have a question for you. Is there something you're so good at that you love to do? Is there something you're so good at that you lose sleep doing it? Maybe you get to the computer and you realize it's mid midnight. Oh, it's okay. You keep working. Oh, it's 1 a.m. It's 2 a.m. It's 3 a.m. It's 4. You love this thing so much that you can just do it like that. And you feel so fulfilled when you complete it. That's your donkey. When you lose that donkey, you will succeed in your purpose. When the donkey was loose, Jesus walked into Jerusalem. He needed to walk into Jerusalem so that he could be arrested, so that he could be crucified, so that he could bring us salvation. That's the reason God created him. Are you getting that? You have a donkey. Some of you are very good in poetry. You can write beautiful lyrics, poetry, yeah, sonnets, whatever you call them. Some of you know how to write fiction. Of course, in the spiritual realm, there's no such thing as fiction. In the spiritual realm, everything is true. The moment you put words down, it becomes a reality. That thing that you've said should start happening. So there's no fiction in the kingdom of God. So let's just call it storytelling. Some of you are good at storytelling. And you can write beautiful, riveting stories. But the donkey is sitting there on your laptop. The donkey is sitting there in your journal. You've been journaling for a long time. It's high time you turn the journal into a book. The beautiful thing about book writing, and I'm actually personally working on books right now, working on books right now. Mr. Alex is compiling all my teachings. And very soon we'll have probably 20 to 30 books that we're going to release next year. Now, the beautiful thing about writing books is that a book will sell even if you are not there. Just leave it in the super in the bookstore. It will sell. The e-books will sell. So that's what we call income that is passive. Passive income. You have a product that will sell even if you're not there. You move to another country. This product can sell all over the world. So write the book. That book, the idea that you have, the poetry that you know, storytelling skills, whatever it is. You want to write recipe for a certain type of meal, just like Colonel Sanders. You want to write a book teaching people how to cook and stuff like that. 
write it. Lose the donkey. Lose the donkey. Unleash the donkey. Don't tie the donkey anymore. The donkey needs a rider. You ride the donkey. Move into your Jerusalem so that you can fulfill the purpose for which God called you. There are many things you know to do, but you drop them. You ignore them. You thought, oh, now that I'm a teacher, I don't think I need to draw anymore. But you used to be a fine artist. You know, I'm talking prophetically here. You used to be a fine artist. You knew how to draw. You used to do graphic design. You forgot all these things. You started rusting. Now you're not as good as you used to be. You used to play the guitar and you dropped your guitar. That guitar is a donkey. Pick it up again. Strum your guitar one more time. You used to sing in the choir. You stopped singing altogether because now you're so, so busy as a police officer. Get back to singing in your community choir because that voice is a donkey. You used to do farming. You love gardening, walking around the back, your backyard, looking at your rose flowers and, and uh, clipping them and pruning them and shaping them. And you used to love that and you could do it for hours on end during the weekends. And then suddenly you stopped. Now your backyard is overgrown with weeds. Lose your donkey. Go back and fix your garden. That garden can be a source of income for you. There's an American woman whose job with her 25 goats. Her job is to do lawn mowing. But she uses goats to do lawn mowing. So she comes to your compound, unleashes her goats. They eat your grass. And she's paid over two hundred to what two thousand five hundred us dollars for that work just unleashing her goats to eat do you see even just cutting grass can be a donkey lose it so that it can start bringing you some money glory to jesus forevermore lose it there is something you're good at why are you sitting on it why are you sitting on it glory to jesus i can see my beautiful friend jesus you watching love you so very much Glory to God. Francis, it doesn't matter how amazing you are. If you're not saved, you're a sinner. That's right. Yeah, you can be the best in the village or in your city. Everyone praises you and you go straight to hell, even though you did everything so well. But if you are saved, you could be the one everybody hates. But because you have faith in Christ Jesus, heaven is your home. Success is your portion. And longevity and immortality is yours. All the great things that are written in the Bible are yours. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus forevermore. Do you have a donkey that is just tied there on a leash? Do you have a donkey on a leash? Can you lose that donkey? Jennifer, God bless you, my dear. Jennifer Pezucho? Is it Pezucho? Or Pezuko? Yeah, am I getting it right? Pezucho? And then Glory to God. I love you, my dear. She says such a great message. Yeah, lose your donkey. There is something you're good at. You know, by the way, some of you are in trouble. Some of you are depressed because you are not fulfilling your purpose. In fact, some people die because they're not fulfilling their purpose. You're not doing what you're supposed to do. You are good at gardening. And this lady who feeds goats on people's grass, and then they pay her 2,500 US dollars. Huh? It's called Buffalo something. The company is called Buffalo something. Yeah? Buffalo, Buffalo something. Yeah? It's a company in the United States. She has this bus, a school bus that she's turned into a burn. So she has these goats in the bus eating hay and their foot water. And the, 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 the goat had the driver of the bus has his shower and everything there. So he drives from one city or one place to another and just unleashes the goats into people's backyards or people's compounds 
people who need their grass cut. And that's her business. And now she's scaling up the business. Recently, she wanted to buy another bus and get more goats. And the goats that she uses are goats that are donated to her. Goats that have been abandoned, then she takes them, treats them, and then uses them to make money. Look at that. Unleash your goat. Okay, glory to God. Unleash your donkey. What are you good at? You know how to do people's hair. Every time your friends come to visit you, they sit on the carpet and you sit on a chair and you begin to fix their hair. You begin to wash their hair. You begin to shampoo their hair. You're so good at it that your friends feel they even fall asleep when you're doing it. There's an anointing on your hands. Don't you see it? I'm talking about wisdom for finances. These are the things that will get you some money. Start charging a small amount of money. Every time you do their hair and you do the, the shampoo and all that stuff. Some of you are good at manicure and pedicure and scrubbing people's faces. Some of you have hands anointed for massage. You touch people's muscles and they feel relaxed. You are so blessed. You have a donkey. Lose the donkey so that the donkey can carry you to your financial destiny. Are you listening to me, you wonderful people? Are you listening to me? Glory to God. Some of you are good teachers. Oh, I've retired. You know, I've worked for the last 30 years and now I'm just here with my grandchildren. Yeah, every single day the sun rises from the east and then it sheds on the west. Yeah, we're just waiting for the second coming of the good Lord. That's... <laughs> You're wasting your donkey. Lose your donkey. Start a kindergarten. Start a feeding center. Get your county or your local government involved. Feeding street children and teaching them because you're good in education. You have the, the pedagogical skills. Greek calls it pedagogos. The ability to teach the art and science of learning and teaching. Teaching and learning. You can teach. You can talk well. You have experience. You've done it for so long. You're more experienced than other people. And you're there rocking on a rocking chair. Oh, rock a bye, baby. Rock to the left, rock to the right. And you're just rocking on the chair, rocking the chair with a bad mood. If somebody passes by there, where does he think it's gone? Look at that hatchback fella. Look at him walking. Look, look at that old moss back. Look at him. Oh. Where that fellow? Where is he going? Come on, move on to the other side. You just don't like people passing by your door because you're idle. You're sitting there not doing what God called you to do. Now you're withering and aging when you're supposed to be agile and strong, full of impetus, full of fervor, and full of vitality, doing the things God called you to do. You see, some people are sick because they're not working. You have so much time in your hands, you feel every pain. Even things that are supposed to be itches now turn into pain because you're paying attention to them. What if you went to do what God called you to do? Some of your good seamstresses, tailors and tailoresses and all that. When given material, you turn it into something beautiful. I showed you a picture of my own mama. She made a carpet using carrier bags. These bags that we use in grocery stores and supermarkets and convenience stores. And then people just throw them away into the bin. And she takes them and turns them into yarn and then makes carpets out of them. Yesterday, she made a most beautiful bag. I'm going to show you on my social media platform. I'm going to show you the, the video of my mom and the beautiful bag she's making. She's an entrepreneur. 
She's solving a problem. She knows how to recycle waste. She saves the environment from pollution. And from that recycled material, she makes something that can be used and reused. You see, to that extent, she cannot grow old. She can't fall sick. She's too busy coming up with innovative ideas that can solve the problems that humanity faces. If you can do that, if you can do that, you're going to be rich and prosperous and successful. You won't have time gossiping who slept with who. You won't have time gossiping who divorced who. You won't have time gossiping who was fired from what job. You don't, won't have time gossiping which politician did what. You'll be so busy solving problems in your community. You see, I'm so busy teaching the word of God. I have no time finding out what my neighbors are doing. I have time to love them though. I have time to minister to them though. Irene Nyango says, wow, such a powerful message. May God reveal to me what I need to do. Oh, glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. My dear Irene, it's really just about talent. What you're talented in. What you're naturally talented in. Your talent solves someone's problem. Your talent solves someone's problem. There are people who just know how to wash. You give them a shirt to wash, it comes out minty fresh looking so clean they know how to wash things these are people who are supposed to start laundry services for their community because clothes get dirty all the time and you can start washing them by hand after that you can save a little money and buy a little machine washing machine and then some iron and then you just keep scaling it up building it up like that, washing, just washing. But you don't, in your mind, because you went to school and education systems are intended to make you cauterized in the brain so that you think in only one line. It's like one rail, one truck way of thinking. Education doesn't make people creative at all. Education makes people regurgitate what they have learned rather than creating new things. Education is good, but it's not sufficient to make you a success. Education tends to churn out people who can only be employed, who can only be told what to do, but they cannot create something new. You see, you'll find most entrepreneurs had to study in other ways after they qualified from school to learn how to solve problems in the society. So education tells you that if you don't go to the office, and if you don't sit there, and if you don't have a big salary, then you're a failure. That nothing could ever be so far from true. You can wash clothes and solve problems and become a multimillionaire washing people's clothes. You see, doing people's hair, scrubbing people's faces, manicure and pedicure, massage. You can sell groceries, fruits, vegetables on the back of your bicycle. I know people who would just get onto their bike and they had this little fridge behind the bike with ice cream and they go from one place to another and they ring the bell and the children go and they buy ice cream. And before you know it, the person has a shop. Before you know it, they have a supermarket. Ladies and gentlemen, yes, a good friend of mine, his name is George. During my jazz performances many years ago, he used to dress me from head to toe. I like to wear a suit when I'm playing jazz. That's my brand, okay? Corporate brand. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this guy now has a wonderful shop. I think it's called Mellow Bloom. Honey, is it called Mellow Bloom? It's called Mellow Bloom. Yeah, a beautiful shop, executive that sells suits especially, 
um, men's suits and shirts and shoes and belts and all the accessories that men need. Now this guy had a donkey that he unleashed. He used to be a hawker on the streets of Nairobi. He used to sell neckties, the ties that men wear, and he would he would put them, hang them on his arm and would walk around telling people, hey, I've got ties, do you like to buy? And one day, an Italian man, I'm not gonna tell you the name of the fellow, an Italian man was on the streets of Nairobi. And this Italian man sees him and says, hey, excuse me, how are you? And he says, I'm very well, thank you. I can see you're selling ties. You're selling very, very good tie. Yeah, do you have a shop? The man says, no, I don't have a shop, I'm a hawker. And this Italian man says, if I bring you tie, will you sell tie for me? And the man says, yes, of course, that's what I love to do. So this Italian guy takes his contact and then disappears for a few months and returns and calls him and says, Ha, hello friend, I'm back to Nairobi, Kenya with a tie. I bring many tie, I bring many tie to you. I bring many tie to you to sell. Um, I want you to sell big, grande, 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 big, big sell. And this guy gives him ties and he sells them all. And he goes back and says, I need more time. Oh, my friend, you wonderful, wonderful, dolce, mwah, wonderful, wonderful friend. I give you more tie, you go sell tie. He takes the ties and sells all of them. The man says, oh, you are just amazing. You sell tie very fast. You sell tie like Ferrari. You move very fast like Ferrari. Oh, this is so wonderful. I give you more things now. I go back to Italy. I come back with suits. And that's how the guy was given the franchise to sell for Renzo Rinaldi. Just because he unleashed his salesman's donkey selling ties. Now he has shops in some of the, the upmarket areas of Nairobi City. Some of the best malls are the places where he's selling executive designer apparel. Because he unleashed the salesman's donkey. What donkey are you tying in your backyard? Lose that donkey and you'll be successful. The same way Jesus loosed the donkey and he succeeded as our savior. Ladies and gentlemen, I've got to stop there. Thank you so much for being my wonderful friends and thank you for tuning in. Now, if you don't know Jesus, Lord and Savior, please say this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you're the son of God. I believe that you died on the cross for my sin and rose again for my justification. Today, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I receive eternal life into my spirit. I'm now saved. Glory to Jesus. If you prayed that prayer, now you're a child of God. Okay, I've got to say bye-bye to my podcast audience. Um, until next time, my wonderful people on the world of podcasts, this is Joseph Helen, your friend. Bye-bye.